presence of Jesus. I love talking about that. And I want you today to experience this in your life continually and daily. You know, Bruce is with me today on the instrument, playing this beautiful music. His wife, Lisa, is sitting next to him, and dear Marie, and Chad, and some of the people helping us today here in the, in the studio. Can we just welcome the Holy Spirit right now, all of us? We welcome you, Lord. Thank you for making Jesus so real. Touch our hearts. Let this be a wonderful year. Let this new year be a wonderful year for each one of us, for our families. But above all, Lord, that your presence would permeate our hearts. We give you the praise. You know, I just want to start with Jesus. Your presence makes me whole. I just told Bruce to play songs on the Holy Spirit. He'll, he'll, he'll go back to it. But I just want you to believe the Lord, that the, the presence of the Lord will absolutely bring liberty to you this year. And we all love to sing this song. And let's just worship for just a moment and thank you. Jesus, oh Jesus, your presence makes me whole. Jesus, sweet Jesus. Tell him, say Jesus, dearest Jesus, wonderful Jesus, wonderful Jesus, your presence makes me whole. All right. The first emblem that we see in the Bible is the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And God said, let there be light. So here we see that the first emblem under which the Holy Spirit is presented in the Old Covenant is a dove. So the story of creation begins with the dove hovering over chaos, desolation. Think about uh, the destruction we read about in Genesis. And he's hovering over this this abyss, uh, a starless night, no stars, uh, ruin everywhere, desolation everywhere. And it was his presence that literally brought beauty, a happy world, perfection. Worship does that for us every single time. 
When we worship the Lord, when we enter into his presence, the chaos disappears. We stand there in that beautiful moment of such peace. Matt Crouch years ago told me something quite powerful. He said, Benny, when I watch your program, he said, I, I love the miracles. I, I rejoice when I see people here. But he said, we live for those few minutes. We wait for those few minutes when you lead in worship. He said, that's what we wait for. He said, we all live to worship God. He said, and for those few minutes, we forget our trouble. We, we forget our, our pain. He said, don't ever stop showing that on this is your day. He says, we love the miracles, but those few minutes, that's what touches us. And think about a few moments of worship and peace. No desolation no more, no ruin, no destruction. It's like it all vanishes. So you go seven chapters later in Genesis, and you come to another scene of desolation. The waters, the flood of Noah. You see uh, this ship uh, above the storm. Eight human beings within it. And what else do we see now? The dove, Genesis 8. But we see something remarkable which I think all talks about worship. Um, first of all, Noah sends out the dove. We have the dove going out of the ark and finding no rest. What is that? That's the Old Testament. When you could find no rest out there. God did send his spirit but no one would accept him. No heart would receive him in the Old Testament. Very few, but not Israel. So when the Holy Spirit came to visit this sinful world, he found no rest. I'm talking about the Old Testament. So what did he do? He went back to the ark, meaning back to the bosom of God, no covenant. Now we have the next time around, it says that uh, the dove was sent out again. It returned with an, with an olive leaf. What is the olive leaf represent is quite amazing because it's a symbol of peace. It's a sign that judgment has passed. And it represents, I believe, the ministry of Jesus who proclaimed reconciliation to a sinful world. That's what that beautiful leaf represented. Now, the dove was sent again the third time. And it says he went out and returned no more. You know why? Why? Because now it, it speaks of this present stage where he found 
rest in the church. Isn't that precious? He didn't have to go back to the ark. And the ark basically speaks of heaven. So remember, he came upon the waters of Genesis, the chaos. He went back to the bosom of God when the earth was complete. He came back again to Israel. He went back to the bosom of God. But how wonderful when, when, when Jesus came. That leaf was there. Now man is reconciled. And today you and I have experienced the Holy Spirit. He's still here. He has not gone back to heaven. But but how how do we how do we uh, experience the manifestation of His presence? Worship. There was an, an an old song I used to sing. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own special way. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is peace. And it's all about worship. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is love. Wow. There's comfort in that dark, darkest hour. There is light. There's life. There's health and power. In the spirit, in the spirit of the Lord. Yesterday I talked about the importance of beginning the, the process of entering into God's presence with thanksgiving. And thanksgiving happens when we see God's grace because that word thanksgiving is actually in Greek, grace. So when we say thank you, in Spanish we say gracias because it comes from the same word. Or in French, it's the same thing. In English, we don't use that. But when we know God's grace, we'll thank him. So in Psalm 100, it says, enter, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. So thanksgiving begins when we understand his grace. And I talked about that yesterday. I want to I deal with worship today, but I really do still want to talk about the importance of praise. Well, praise is the, is the result of God's greatness. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. We thank him because of his goodness. We praise him because of his greatness. Now, we can understand goodness because we see goodness around us. We see good people. We see good things. We understand greatness because we see creation. So it's easy to understand goodness and greatness, and it's easy for us to thank Him and praise Him. But for us to worship Him, we need a revelation because worship relates to holiness, God's holiness. And holiness has no parallel on earth. We can understand goodness, we see it, or greatness, we see it in God's creation, beautiful sunset, beautiful sunrise, 
or the mountains of Switzerland or the Milky Way that I saw in the Sinai, just we erupted in praise, I told you that yesterday. But worship demands a revelation of who God is. I can give thanks without revelation. I can praise without revelation. But I cannot worship without revelation. Because revelation needs a revelation of God himself. We need to know him to worship him. It's not about a song service. It's about the Lord. Who is he in our lives? So, all right. Let me, let me talk about holiness. Because I said a lot yesterday, I would like you to go back and just listen to it again if you, if, you, if, you have, if you have not, if you were not with us. So, when thanksgiving and praise come together, now it's possible for us to enter into the presence of God with worship. Remember, we enter into his gates, plural gates, with thanksgiving. We enter into other gates, according to Isaiah 60, by the way, which I told you yesterday, through praise. So that there are gates that open for thanksgiving, gates that open up for praise. Now, when we enter in, in that process, a revelation of God begins. And when that revelation of, of, of the Lord begins, something magnificent happens. We are delivered from the do's and don'ts. We're, de we're delivered from legalism. We're delivered from the satisfying of the flesh. In Colossians 2, you all remember, and let's look at it one more time. This is very important that I begin with this. Colossians 2, verse 20 through 23. Because today, Sadly, sadly, uh, people think that a song service is worship. No, worship is nothing to do with song. It has to do with heart. When the presence of the Lord has been revealed to you, His holiness revealed to you, worship does not need a song. Worship can be silent. Its deepest places are places of stillness. Be still and know I am God. He that dwelleth, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. That's a place of, of beauty. It's a place of, of peace and relaxation. A place where there's no violence no plague. So, Colossians 2. Therefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are you subject to ordinances or subject to rules? Don't touch, don't taste, don't handle, don't do this, don't do that. And Paul says, these, are, these things will perish. They have a show of wisdom and self-imposed worship, all that does, it satisfies the flesh. And today in many, many places, it's self-imposed worship. So, what is worship? Well, worship is the result of the revelation of holiness. 
we worship with our hearts. Remember that song, I worship you, Almighty God, there's none like you. That's because there's been a revelation of who he is. Now, holiness. Okay. Holiness is the totality of the attributes of God. There are seven attributes of God in the Bible. Light, love, justice, wrath, mercy, grace, and power. These are the seven headlines of scripture. So God Almighty is light. Where do we find that? First John 1 John 1.5 says God is light. It also says God is love. So I cannot worship God without understanding who he is. He is light. He is love. What else? And that's in 1 John 4, 8 and 16. God is also justice. He is just. In Deuteronomy 32, God said to Moses, I am just. What else? Number four, he is wrath. Now, people don't like to hear that. In Nahum, I want to show you that. In Nahum chapter one, we have a very amazing, you know, Catherine Kuhlman used, used to say, God's love is as perfect as his wrath. And uh, some people didn't really like it in uh, in the past, one man came up and he said, you know, I don't believe God is wrath. Okay. It says, God is jealous. I'm reading verse 2 of, of Nahum 1. God is jealous. The Lord revengeth. The word revengeth means releases wrath. The Lord revengeth. It repeats it twice. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his enemies. He reserves wrath for his enemies. This tells me that the Lord is wrath. Not has wrath. Just as much as he's love, he is wrath. It says he's a consuming fire. So God is light. You know, I mean, how can I fear a God who is not a God who judgeth? It says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God in the Bible. God is light, 1 John 1, 5. God is love, 1 John 4, 8 and 16. God is justice, Deuteronomy 32, 3 and 4. God is wrath, I just read it, Nahum 1, 2. God is mercy, Psalm 51, 1. That's what David said. He, he, saw, he called for his mercy. He appealed to his mercy because God is merciful. God is mercy. And when you read that beautiful prayer of David, he says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, to the multitude of your tender mercies. You are mercies. You are mercy in the flesh. You are mercy itself. God is grace. Hebrews 4.16. He is grace. 
That's what the word gracious means. He said, I am gracious. It's all over the Bible. He is grace. And finally, he is power. Psalm 93, one through four says God is power. And the Bible has many, many portions says power belongeth unto God. He is power. But holiness is all these attributes in one. So when we say holy, you know the old, old hymn, holy, holy, we're, we are saying you are light, you are love, you are justice, you are wrath, you are mercy, your grace and power. These are the seven headlines of the whole Bible. I just gave them to you. And I know I rushed through that. I should have taken more time to explain them, but I'm talking today about worship. Holiness is the total being of who God is. It is impossible for you, it's impossible for me to worship the Lord without holy. And isn't it amazing in the Bible, Old and New Testament, it's always three times. Holy, 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 Isaiah 60. Holy, holy, holy throughout the Old Testament. And in Revelation, holy, why? Holy, holy, because the Trinity. Now, I want to take you, and then we're going to pray. And then I'll probably continue on this because I think it's so deep and so needed. But I want to read for you again Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise unto him with songs. It begins with joyful, singing, thanksgiving and praise. For the Lord is the great God and a great king above all gods. I mentioned yesterday how in Job 38, when God created the world, the, the angels were praising. So the earth was spinning on praise, basically. It spun on praise. The praise is very powerful. Now it says, the sea is his, verse five, he made it. His hands formed the dry land. Now watch this. Oh, come, dear Lord. <laughs> In both places it says, come, let's sing. There's a second come meaning it's a second depth. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. The next thing we read today, if you hear his voice, I have never heard God's voice when I thanked Him, praise Him, but I've always have heard God's voice when I worshiped Him. And today I think people misunderstand the difference. Praise clears the atmosphere. Praise changes the atmosphere. I used to tell Jim Sonero, you go out there and get the devils out with praise. And I'll come and worship the Lord and let him come in. 
And I think it's important that we understand that. Come, let's enter into that depth, into that third realm of the tabernacle. Remember in the tabernacle, there was the outer court, the place of thanksgiving, the holy place, the place of the holy of holies, worship. And it speaks of the body, soul, and spirit also in the Bible. I can thank God with my physical body, but I cannot praise him without my soul involved, my emotions involved, that inner being involved. But worship is impossible without the spirit. It's spiritual. It's not soulish. It's not physical. Worship is spiritual. And in that place, God speaks. For he is our God. In other words, we know him. We're the people of his pasture. The sheep of his hand means his protection, his own people. I've heard people praise, beautifully praise. I was watching not long ago when the Queen of England passed. I listened to the most beautiful praise from, from Westminster. I saw the crowd standing there and the royal family we all saw it, millions of people saw that. Singing the great songs of the Church of England. You felt goosebumps over your goosebumps. But did you see that crowd? Nobody worshiping. They were singing from that hymnal or they were looking at something and no change. Not I'm sure some, some of them were true believers, but the majority, you just wondered if they were listening to the words or paying attention to, to, the, to the message of the Archbishop of Canterbury, who I know is a born-again Christian. You, you couldn't preach like that man preached that day and not know the Lord Jesus. But you go from church to church today, even Pentecostal churches, and you hear beautiful music, but no voice of God. It only exists in worship. And worship is not music, worship is heart. Yes, music is involved, of course. But when you go to the depth of it, you, you don't need music. But watch this, this is very, very important. Harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said it is a people that do err in their heart. They've not known my ways. You see that it's impossible to worship and hear God's voice without knowing his ways. Unto my sword and my wrath, they should not enter into my rest. The only place of rest is found in worship. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. Would Jesus bless with it?
sent from the heart of God. That's what I've experienced. And I pray every one of you will experience this worship in 2023 in a deeper way than you ever have before. And I want to pray for you right now that the Lord will really, Nuri, can I give you these please? I want to pray that, that the Lord will really visit you this, this, this year. That you lay everything aside and enter into that quiet place, into that blessed place of rest. That's right. Bruce is playing it. You are my hiding place, Lord. Yes, blessed Jesus, I pray that you will lead your people into your blessed presence. Bring them into your blessed presence, Lord. Help them. Oh, sweet Holy Spirit, draw them to come into your blessed, lovely presence. Lord, let this year be the year of freedom from the, dis the distractions of this life, from the distractions of this world, that we will have our eyes on you, Lord, that we will not lose your peace, your amazing joy and love. Let this be the year, let this be the season and time that every one of us will experience your wonderful presence daily, daily, Lord, daily. Bring us into the depth of where you are. In your wonderful and precious name. Amen. Tomorrow, I'm going to share with you the message I shared a few days ago because it's so needed on surrender. Please be sure to be watching, even though maybe you've already seen it. It's good to see it again, because the Lord really did something beautiful. And I pray that he'll touch you. And then Thursday, I want to continue teaching a little more on entering into the presence of God, because there's so much more I want to say. And it's been so wonderful having Bruce with me here, and Lisa, and Marie, and Chad, and the wonderful people here are helping. Lord, let this be a great year for each one in Jesus' name. Let salvation come to their homes, meet every need in the spirit, every need in their soul and their body and finance. Bless the Lord mightily in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. Now, just before I say goodbye, on Friday, I want to talk to you about what the Lord has shown me about 2023. There's some amazing things going on in Israel right now that people are not aware of. Bibi Netanyahu's uh, election and now his government is in power, it's formed. And uh, you, you, you're about to see changes worldwide as a result of that. And I'll explain that to you more Friday, so please be with me Friday. In the meantime, let's give to the Lord's work because great things are ahead for all of us. And only those who sow can reap this year. You all know that. So it's time to sow seed in the Lord's work right now. And you can sow on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, which is the simplest. Just go to benhin.org. 
or you can of course text it BHM45777 but the quickest way easiest way website benhin.org okay much love to you and a blessed glorious year I'll see you tomorrow